I'm Colby McFadden, and for the last two decades, I've worked with some incredible families and individuals, helping them manage their investments and finances. I'm a father of two daughters and recently a grandfather of two granddaughters. And it really got me thinking about what resources are there for women to find a trusted, reliable source for investing in savings. So I reached out to Kristen Yoder, a good friend for years and somebody I've really appreciated their ability to call out BS. And I asked her if she'd like to work on a project where we could create a trusted resource where women could turn to, to learn about savings and investing. Hi, I'm Kristen Yoder. I'm a 16-year Los Angeles cannabis industry veteran and host of the Cannabis Detector podcast. My co-host and I have collaborated on a series of episodes focused on investing in cannabis in the past. So when he approached me about doing a podcast focused on helping women build confidence in their money management skills, I jumped at the opportunity. On the last episode, we were getting into discussing what are the timelines of short-term, mid-term, long-term investing and considering my money personality, deciding like how to invest because I want to get out of debt and I don't want to wait forever. And there's so many different ways to invest from brokerage firms to different apps and mutual funds, index funds, and crypto ETFs, buy, sell, options, hold. I don't know any of this stuff. So I'm excited to figure out what are the next steps so we can get going. Yeah, Um, well, it's exciting. Good information. And there's a lot going on in this particular day and age that it's all really, really good questions. Yeah. So where do we start? Do we start with the timeline or do we start with mode of investment? So if we kind of recap where we got an understanding of your money personality and what your needs are, we talked about the difference in timelines between short-term, intermediate-term, long-term. We pretty much came to the determination that the best strategy for your personality and also for what you need to achieve is kind of a dual approach where you have a long-term investment account and then you have more of a short-term tactical type of trading account. And so I think when we've determined that, we then have to get into some terminology to make sure we don't get ourselves in trouble or misunderstand anything. Yeah. And the first thing that I think is important for people to really get, and this is is really important in this day and age right now with everything that's going on with cryptocurrencies and things of that nature, um, is there's a difference between an investment and a speculation tool or a tool for speculation, where the main difference is, is that an investment is going to be something that produces something. So an investment is into a company or into an asset like real estate. So when you buy a stock with Apple or IBM or Hewlett Packard or NVIDIA or whatever company it may be, we would consider that an investment, something that you can put money in And then that company is creating value and that stock that you own or the bond that you own is the investment. And then tools of speculation are going to be more things like gold or silver or oil or cryptocurrencies. They really don't make anything. It's the same thing as going to Vegas and betting on black or red. When you buy it, it's either going to go up or down. And because it doesn't pay you a dividend... And because you're not betting on the value of the company just inherently getting more valuable over time, you're speculating that, Mm. hey, I'm going to buy it now and somebody's going to buy it from me later at a higher price. Gotcha. 
So your long-term investments should be in companies, should be in real estate, should be in things like that that have a thing, a value. And then for some of these shorter-term goals, like, hey, I have something I want to achieve, then maybe you have a combination of an investment and a speculation tool. But always remember, tools of speculation, money that goes into that, should be money you can afford to lose. Yeah, because it's gambling, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why, you know, right now people are running around going, yeah, but Elon Musk says this and Mark Cuban says this. Yeah. And I laugh. I go, oh, so you're telling me that billionaires are doing what billionaires are supposed to do, take big risks and make big money. That's what billionaires do. Right. But, you know, we're not all Kardashians and billionaires. So, yeah, and it's it's hard differently. It's hard, too, because I'm a Redditor and I get caught up and they're like, the GME stuff, even though I don't know anything about it. Yeah. And just seeing people be like, yeah, dude, I just donated to gorillas and stuff. And I'm like, well, I want to donate to gorillas. I want to pay some shit off with my money. But like you said, there's a lot more to trading than reading Reddit. And yeah, with speculation, it's like I also read about the sovereign citizens and the QAnon weirdo people. And they're all sure. thinking paper money is going to tank, you should invest in silver and gold, which I think is freaking nuts, because these are all really volatile. And like I said, in the last episode, God, poor Bitcoin people like have been through the ringer with the ups and the downs. And it's like people really feel like they lost money that they didn't have in the first place, just because of the volatility. And it's like, how much stress can I handle? How much do you pay attention? Because yeah, Dogecoin, like what? It doesn't even make up a penny. Sure. What are people buying? I don't understand. And yeah. this is what we call noise. This is what we call noise in the market. And if you have a plan, just like we talked in the last episode, you can have noise in your mind and have distractions from your goals. And then you can have noise in the market, which will distract you from your goals as well. And the but best fundamental way to get through that is to have a strategy and to have a plan. And that is for somebody like you, it's, hey, I have money that I put towards my long-term future that goes into investments. And then I have my tools. I have my short-term accounts that could be my Robinhood account, which I wouldn't recommend Robinhood, no, but nonetheless. Robinhood. But you know, it could be a trading account. And there you're doing things that are more tactical. And that's where that terminology comes in. Because when you're doing investing, you want to think of things from both fundamental perspectives and then technical perspectives. Because if you can get the fundamentals and the technicals to match, you tend to get more of a tailwind. And so fundamentals would be a fundamental story. Like right now, you can see that there's a fundamental story that things in the environmental space or in sustainability have a trend to them, both from political and social aspects, but also you can see money coming into it. You can see that cannabis has a fundamental story of legalization changes and banking changes in the future. So fundamentals is where you're looking at the storyline saying, hey, the tide is rising. And that's where you put in your long-term investments on that rising tide. And then you can be tactical and use technical analysis to help you manage the risks of speculating. That's where it's important for people that are going to do speculation is learn how to utilize fundamental and 
technical analysis. Those are two very important terms for people to study more about because those two things help you invest for the long term and then protect you against all this noise that bring in that short term volatility that can shake you out of a position. It's tough because your first idea was to have me invest in cannabis, but then I'm like, I hate those companies. How can I ethically invest in companies that I disagree with ethically? Are you curious to know more about investing? Are you looking for a resource to help answer your questions about investing? More importantly, would you like a confidant that is obliged to put your interest first? not the interest of some crazy chat board. Then visit quiverfinancial.com and sign up to attend our next event. At Quiver Financial, we are fiduciaries, which means our advice must be in line with what is best for you. Visit us today at quiverfinancial.com to learn more and get on the path to being a confident investor. So how does someone who... I mean, it's even worse for me because I'm so outspoken that yeah. I really put my foot in my mouth when it comes to like, I can't go be sneaky and invest in these companies because fuck them. But okay. that's my background too. I would make a great investor in these because I know their shit and I know what to look for. Like I know how they play. So, so you, what you do have I do? This- Yeah. So you have this dilemma. You have this part of your personality that has a very artful cynicism and distrust, which is going to protect you. Very important. The one thing to remember about Wall Street and investing, you have no friends. There's no friends there. There's nothing but sharks. And when you read something in the press, you always have to remember that the press can be paid for. You got enough money. You got enough PR. You know that. You've seen plenty of companies raise money and PR themselves to look great. So. What ends up happening there is for somebody like you, that's really where that fundamental and technical comes together. And what you really do in cannabis is a perfect industry to really look at that because you can step back and break it down into fundamental components. And if you look at the cannabis industry, sure, you've got one fundamental component that is really where all the investment focus is right now, which is around the retail story and the growth of the consumer, right? But then there's also this other story that's going to be the next phase of cannabis, which is all about the efficacy of things. So maybe for somebody like you, you look at the retail story and you can see that that's the tall grass and there's going to be more snakes and vipers there. So maybe for somebody like you and your personality, that's where you find things to short or bet against or you take more of a Hindenburg approach that, hey, you're looking for the short stories, the fraudsters that you can call out and bet again. Yeah. Oh, I would have been so good at shorting MedMen. Oh my God. Like I would have done so well with that. So there's a place for that. There's tools for that. And then on the other side is you have other things that are going on in the efficacy, in biotech and in healthcare. And there's plenty of stories that you can find there. Now, will there be snakes and vipers in that grass? Oh, absolutely. But that's in every industry. And so then that's how you bridge that morality gap that you have going is that you say, hey, listen, I don't need to invest in everything. The best investors look at 100 investments and only invest in two. So you're no different. If you're a good, savvy, discernible investor, you're going to find very few things that you're going to entrust your money to. Your money is like your children. 
entrust it to something that earns your respect. I mean, it's like I always tell companies, investors are like marriage with no love. It's a business contract. Don't think that because they invested in you, they love you or they care about you. They want to make money. Like that's the point. Don't get caught up in the comfort of having an investor. So then tell me this, because I mean, I also, um, I've been thinking about this a lot. There's ancillary services that are working with cannabis. I always tell people like ancillary is the way to go because then you're not beholden to the regulations and the crazy compliance bullshit that happens with cannabis. And getting into definitions, I see cannabis ETFs. What is that? So a cannabis ETF, an ETF is what they call an exchange-traded fund. Think of it like a mutual fund, which is essentially a bunch of stocks all grouped together. And as an exchange-traded fund, when you buy that one fund, when you buy a share of that fund, you're basically getting diversified and getting the reflection of if your money was invested in 100 different stocks that are within that fund. And some exchange-traded index funds are not run by, I think I read something like mutual funds have a manager person who's trying yeah. to beat the market, whereas index fund is a better long-term investment because it just goes with the market and it's not some dude trying to like game stuff. Yeah. How do I avoid that dude? That was the big value add. For a long time, we only had mutual funds And the value to the mutual fund was that you're diversified and that there was a professional money manager, you're paying a fee that was doing the day-to-day operations and picking the stuff for you. The value add for exchange-traded funds was, hey, we've eliminated the manager, so we've eliminated that fee. So now you have a lower fee product, and the stocks that are in the fund are picked by a board of directors. And they look at the industry and they say, hey, these stocks fit in that industry. Now, there can be some hide the salami in that as well, in the sense that I've seen where you know you can have a cannabis sector fund or any kind of sector fund, and you look through the top holdings and you find there's even companies that aren't necessarily, like for instance, there's cannabis sector funds that have Philip Morris in it or British Tobacco. And you may not have thought of that when you're thinking cannabis. So, you know, an exchange traded fund, basically a board of directors has picked the stocks and what they're trying to do is give you a reflection of that broader market as a passive vehicle. So it's a no-brainer. Hey, if that tide is rising, that fund will be rising. If that tide is dropping, it's an easier way, especially for people early in investing, if they don't want to pick individual names, if they don't want to do the homework to pick one company over another, and you just believe the whole sector or whole industry is going to be a good investment, then buying an exchange-traded fund is a real easy way to do that. Yeah, I don't think I want to do that. I don't trust board of directors. <laughs> I don't yeah. trust anybody, dude. So in that sense, there are the apps that are like, skip the broker and do it yourself. And sure. I don't trust Robinhood because they fucked the GME people. But then they said it wasn't their fault. It was the way that they have to like have the capital in the first place to be able to place whatever. And I don't understand that. How do I choose... Because there are apps now that you can use. Are there better ones than others? 
or yes but it also depends on what you're trying to achieve so that's different for each person free is not always better remember that so robin hood yeah free trade you're always however, paying somehow right yeah and now what's happening in the industry is if different companies are filling different niches so robin hood is really fitting the niche of millennials and younger and they've gamified the trading aspects they've made it easier they've made it more training they also have more education about how to get rich and then you have other companies like Fidelity or Charles Schwab which still will service that market but they also focus on the rich people that have hundreds of thousands or billions of dollars in their accounts so i would say to you that you pick a they call them custodians a lot of times but you pick one that you feel that you're really comfortable with the interface that you feel comfortable logging in and getting out and that you feel has really good service and tools because the better tools and the more interface and the more time you do and spend doing it the better you'll be so i mean i'm happy to give people specific company recommendations if they give me more information about what they're trying to do but it's really hard to kind of blanket say any one particular company but there's a lot but just remember free is not Always. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, if we haven't learned that from social media, that everything is for sale. My God, Instagram is such a good selling tool to me. It's freaking horrible. I'm like, you know, after you see an ad like 20 times, it's so effective. I am yeah. like, yeah, dude, I just bought 3D printed vitamins from Instagram. So. <laughs> also on the app question, it just hit me, which is really important to mention is it also depends what you're going to be investing and in trading in. So if you're going to be investing in trading cannabis stock or cryptocurrencies, then you've got to do a little extra homework because a lot of the cannabis stocks are either on Canadian exchanges or they're on what we call the OTC bulletin board. And those particular stocks, a lot of brokerage firms won't allow you to trade on them. So you have to go to specific places. TD Ameritrade and Schwab, I believe, allow some of it. But you got to call the companies and say, hey, what company, like, especially in cannabis, you got to really identify the companies that you would want and just know that some companies you won't be able to always buy because if they're small companies with little volume or little track record, the brokerage firms may not allow it. I've read that companies trade in Canada because it's more easy to get away with shit. It's like the wild, wild west, I guess. I don't know if it's federal legalization is the reason why we don't have cannabis companies trading in America, but they are in Canada. But that's because Canada has a lot more fraudulent shit going on, or especially the Toronto Stock Exchange, I've read. Be very wary. And and I was disappointed because I thought Canadians were good people, but apparently they're <laughs> capitalists too. So, yeah, you know. They're, 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 yeah, their cute accent can they really surprise you. you. Yes, they yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. And in Canada, the different exchanges, similar to here in the US, where you have the OTC, which is for smaller, more nascent companies. And then you've got the NASDAQ and then the New York listings. And you know, so as you go up the chain, um, Is that like penny stocks or something oh, like that? The o- exactly. So the OTC bulletin board stocks were also penny stocks. And that's why they're heavier regulated because back in the day, so, you know, everybody, you hear see all these cryptocurrency things and people, the old pump and dump has been around for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you ever saw the movie Boiler Room or anything like that in the 90s, 
the pump and dump was around these OTC bulletin board stocks. They did the same thing in Canada. The Canadian exchanges, a lot of them had the oil sands. And so in the 90s, a lot of the Canadian guys that are in cannabis right now that are bankers were also big in the 90s in the oil sands. And they did the same gimmick then. They raised money. Companies, a lot of them were shystery. And so now they've just taken what they did 20 years ago in the oil and gas business and now have done it in, in cannabis because Canada saw an opportunity because the U.S. wasn't filling that space. So what are the next steps for the next episode? Should I like go do my research? Because I have some ideas of companies that I would want to invest in. And one of my best friends is getting into cryptocurrency and she's like doing these cute videos and stuff. And I'm like, well, maybe I could throw a little bit into it or something and just play. What are the next steps? Yeah. So the next steps is now that you have an idea of timeframes and we can start to build out a little bit of a portfolio and have a conversation of what parts of the portfolio should be private investments, if at all, and which one should be public investments. And then also how the portfolio should be structured. So essentially what we now dig into is what portions of the portfolio are structured for that longer term investment, what parts of the portfolio are for some of your shorter term needs, and then how do we allocate from there? And then you'll have an action plan of what to do next. Okay, cool. Well, then everybody stay tuned and join us for the next episode when I start getting into my thinking because I've been looking at stuff and I'm like excited to get started and try my hand at things and hopefully not publicly embarrass myself, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And also we have a website and social media, confidantinvestor.com and on Instagram, confidantinvestor, where we will start putting more information and quizzes and other things for you to also join us along in the journey. So thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. See you next week. Thanks everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode of The Confidant Investor. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to sign up to our email list at confidantinvestor.com for more great tips and advice. See you next week.